I'm gonna I'm gonna start this uh, this bit by alienating like twenty percent of our audience. So all like two of them. Yeah, like two out of the six of yeah, them. I'm gonna two. Them. <laughs> well, it'd be ten if it's twenty percent. I'm gonna present this with no context, Eddie. I'm gonna say this sentence, and then you're gonna cut, and then we're we're, we're gonna start with the review. Okay. Okay. We will not address this. We'll just. I'm just gonna say, it, and then we're gonna start. Okay. Okay. Quirked up white boy busted down sexual style. Is he goaded with the sauce? What? All right, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I don't get it. Thank you for welcoming us into your headphones. My name is Chema. I'm Eddie. Uh, I'm Jimmy. Reviewing Bell. This is, is the, the rule. So we are in the midst of uh, a pretty big uh, storm coming into coming into like this whole area. It's gonna affect here. It's gonna affect there. You two live pretty close. So it's probably gonna hit over there pretty well. And and we find ourselves sitting here, uh, joined by the magic of Zoom, to talk once again, much to a lot of people's dismay, about anime. So we're talking <laughs> about the new Mamoru Hosoda film. It's called Bell. You are no longer alone. Susu, a 17-year-old high school student living in a rural town with her father, wounded by the loss of her mother at a young age, Susu one day discovers the massive online world, you, and dives into this alternate reality as her avatar, Belle. Before long, all of you's eyes are fixed on Belle when suddenly a mysterious dragon-like figure appears before her. So, uh, I'm a big fan of Hosoda. Jimmy, you have a certain appreciation for, for Hosoda despite his repetitions. Eddie, you're kind of a newcomer, although although uh, although you were although you, you were made aware that he directed the Digimon movie, and that got you pretty excited. Um, how do we feel about Bell, the new the new Hosoda? Uh, well, I, I want to hear Eddie's opinions first. If if this was his first Hosoda movie, go ahead. Well, wait. So I, I have a quick question because now my opinion might be affected. What What do you mean, Jimmy's a fan despite? Oh no! I, I actually it was because of I I enjoy the repetition. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, wait, wait. Did he do something I need to know about? Are we are we talking no, about Brian? No. I don't know. We'll touch on it. We'll touch on it because I like yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. No, okay. Talking. Okay. Um, let's just say it's let's just say it's not Hosoda's first movie about a digital world. I'm shocked. Or his or his second or his third. Oh so. my god. I just realized something. That's right. The the scene where like uh, the dragon crashes Bell's party that reminds me a lot of like the the Digimon movie where they're like yeah. Omnimon or whatever. Oh my god. Okay, wait, hold on. Are we comparing bump and soundtracks though? Because like this whole movie oh, yeah. had a bunch of bangers, but still like I'm going digital. That's still that that's on my actual workout playlist. <laughs> okay, actually, uh, we can go into a little tangent that so Hosoda directed the first quarter of the Digimon movie in the original mm -hmm. Japanese, right? Because the, the Digimon movie, as they released it in America, is like four movies, I think, stitched together. Yeah. Um, they directed so, Our War Game. Yeah. Part, right? Yeah, Our War Game. 
so he did that part and and actually the original doesn't have a lot of music at all uh <laughs> yeah so that it, was added by four kids right yeah that's a four kids song <laughs> but four, it is pretty four good. kids knocked it out of the goddamn park then <laughs> yeah they also put in bare naked ladies as well so they knew what yeah. they were doing oh my god i forgot about that you're right yeah, it starts it starts with one week and i could be wrong but i think it ends with uh uh all-star by smash mouth i wouldn't be surprised yes yes, yes it, it does. does yeah I, I think it like... ends with like <laughs> like one of the Digimons kind of whistling it, and then like the movie ends. I, I no, wonder if Mamoru Hosoda knows they did that. I don't no. think he's he's like what's a Shrek? <laughs> well, no, it's that it's the big scary one that's like go back to the beginning, and at the end he's like rrr, rrr, and he's like dancing along to the music, and it's nice, it's nice. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's a good scene. Oh, I appreciate the, the Digimon movie as a as like a. <laughs> As like an interesting experiment, especially the English dub. There is there is a line in the English dub that I, I think it's hilarious because it's it's a ca- Carrie Carrie mm. uh, who's Ty's little sister. Yeah, she's 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 talking with uh with with, with Ty and, and she goes, "I'm going to a birthday party. I got my friend the big Power Ranger," which makes sense because you know Fox Fox Kids also on the Power Rangers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're not talking about Digimon movie, but. Uh, yeah, so Hosoda did that, and we have this belief that Hosoda wanted to do like a digital world movie, and but he was restricted by having to use a Digimon IP. And when he was finally free to do his own like a sci-fi digital world movie, he made a little movie called Summer Wars, which is uh, has a digital world very similar to uh, you, the one in the, the 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 one in this movie. Jimmy, do you remember the name of that digital world? Us. Us. It was called Us. So Oz, yeah, which had two guardians, which were whales, <laughs> much like the giant whale in this one. So we're not saying Hosoda is ripping himself off, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah. So, but we have this movie, and I'll, I want to talk a, a little, a little bit about. Uh, all the elements that are combining this. First of all, we have Hosoda, who has directed uh, nothing but bangers. I think all of his movies are excellent. There's not one of his movies that I don't like. Uh, there's not one of his movies that I don't love. I love every part that, 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 that has been. The only movie that I haven't seen is his One Piece movie, and I'll see that when I watch One Piece. At oh, least that, a little that bit more. pretty good. I've heard it's good, yeah, and dark. Um, but he's been really good at, at, at doing a really good character story, really good drama, really good fantasy and sci-fi. And for delivering really strange and really, really, I don't know where third acts. And that, that, that's what makes his signature move, the random third act. Um, but he's not the only one working on this. Studio Chisu, his studio is like backed out. Uh, so he, so they're there. They're, they're working on on, on all cylinders. Also, also his last movie, Mirai, was the first anime movie nominated for an Oscar that wasn't done by Studio Ghibli. So it's a big, it's a big thing. It's a, it, it's a lot of weight. You have another animation studio, Cartoon Saloon. They're an Irish animation studio who have who uh, to me they're the unsung heroes of animation. They've done movies like uh, The Secret of Kells, The Song of the Sea. Uh, recently, Wolfwalkers. 
So the fact that they came in to do all the background and digital work for the digital world, that was awesome because it, it really matched out the, the, the two styles. So this has everything in its favor to be a slam dunk, a home run, and to be one of my favorite movies of the year, if not of all time. And I'm glad to tell you that I think the movie is okay. Really? really? Wow, okay. That's... I'm actually really shocked at that. I, I was really expecting more of a positive reaction from you, Chema. Like, you're the one that recommended uh, this movie. I know. Now I'm yeah, curious. Here I am. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it. But, you know, those are my pluses. Those are the things that I was excited about. I, I was really excited by all of those things that were coming together. It's like when you're going to, it's like when you come up with an idea for like, I don't know, like a, sorry, like a recipe and you get all these great ingredients and then you put them together and you realize that it's good. But it's but not maybe great. the hype, maybe the hype was better. No, than I'm the hoping we can convince you of the opposite as okay. we go through the podcast. <laughs> I am I am open because I like this movie. I didn't love it as much as every other Hosoda film. Okay. Like All I right. don't have a least favorite Hosoda film until probably now. But you know, we can get more into that. Uh, I'm, I'm really interesting to hear what what y'all think. Yeah. First. Yeah. Um, Jimmy, I think you should go first. I'm sorry. I'm I'm currently going over. I might have some questions on the casting names. Uh, just FYI. On the characters right, or okay. on the cast? <laughs> oh wait. Oh wait. Quick, 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 quick question. Eddie, did you watch this uh, sub or dub? Uh, I'm a simp, so dub. Hey, dubs are good. Honestly, anime dubs are good. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I There's no way I would have had the... If I was in my home, pretty easy to watch a sub. Uh, yeah. But if I'm at a theater and I need to keep up because I have to pay you know 11 bucks to rewatch it the second time if I miss something, yeah, yeah. no, no, I, it's got to be dumb. I actually saw sure. this last night at uh, at 9.45. So I was at the movie theater until almost midnight so I could watch yeah. a dub because I'm like, I'm not going to fuck this one up. <laughs> Hey, there's, there's, there's no shame in dub. I want to talk a little bit about the English dub, actually, because weirdly enough, there's a lot of big names in it. So we'll talk about that in, in a second. Uh, Jim, yeah. you want to you wanna give me your thoughts? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we mentioned before, this is a sort of repetitive movie. Uh, I, I think that might be one of the reasons why it doesn't hit as hard because um, we had two, two previous ones, right? And, and actually... Uh, they all three of them follow the same beats. Uh, they they all start with an establishment of like a friendship, uh, then some sort of mystery on the online world. Uh, and then, you know, the Internet comes together to support the hero during uh, well, nearing the final act. And then uh, both Summer Wars and uh, this one have an additional little bit at the end after that to wrap things up. Um, so so even looking at it that way. They are the same movie if, if you, um, if you really want to put it that way. Yeah. Uh, and But the thing is, I, I feel like this one did its own things to stand away from, um, from that. Because uh, Summer Wars and Our War Game, other than the name, they are both based on, on the movie War Games. Uh, and they actually do have the exact same plot. Uh, about stopping a missile, you know, that's about to land and whatnot. And I'm sorry I'm spoiling this one for you, Eddie, but it's still worth a watch uh, because good. the the strength... Uh, well, I mean, our war game is just a Digimon movie and it's a 40-minute movie. 
it was his first job uh, and he just kind of does it right and and it's really straightforward because we already know the characters we'll uh, we already know what they are up to we already know the world uh, and the strengths that come into uh, Summer Wars is all the world building, all the character building, all the character moments. Uh, they are very tender. Um, and it is ultimately a movie about family and uh, a little bit about romance, but mostly about family. Uh, and then it's a, pre- it's a pretend friends to lovers. We love that trope in this house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is uh, pretend lovers to real lovers. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, I, I rewatched it recently, and and uh, actually, because uh, my idea when the first the first time I saw it was that this girl came out of nowhere, but it turns out that they had been friends for a little while. Yeah, um, they 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 were aware of each other. Yeah, so that's why she came to him, mm-hmm. um, particularly because I guess he was her type in some ways, uh, which is also kind of cute. Uh, I mean, but then, creepy, but kind of cute. She's she's kind of creepy. She's <laughs> uh, for for being a, a female main protagonist. She's a little creepy. Um, but then in in this movie, uh, it's it's also very character driven, but it's a lot more mysterious. Um, the original uh, Summer Wars gives away its mystery in the first act, uh, essentially. But in this one, uh, they keep you guessing. It it introduces a lot of characters that you think and then you think it's going to go in one direction and then it goes in another direction entirely. Um, and that's where the, the unexpected third act you mentioned comes in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like all in all, it's really well done. Like uh, e- even in the very short time that we have in this world, uh, I felt really engaged with all the characters and all their motivations. Um, and, and the finale felt really, earned to me uh so yeah I, I actually am a huge fan of this movie i really like i watched it in english as well because uh, also i mean if i'm gonna be at the theater uh i i want to be able to understand it and engage with it like uh, with more ease than than i would if i was reading subtitles uh i i am i am sorry i i am uh stopped by the six inch barrier uh <laughs> But I, I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed the songs. Uh, I actually think I like them more in English. Uh, I feel like like the voices work better. Uh, but I, I haven't engaged with the Japanese versions that much. How, uh, which ones do you prefer, actually? I haven't gotten a chance to hear to hear the songs in English. I've only heard them in Japanese. Because when I watched it, I watched it with the Spanish stuff. <laughs> so yeah. like I'm in like so I'm like doing what you two did, but like. I, I, I adding a third dimension to that um and they, they just kept the songs in japanese and i like them they're pretty cool uh but i haven't gotten a chance to hear, hear them in english yeah uh well i think it's um your go away what the what else do you want to talk about eddie um so th- a couple things uh i'd like so i'm not kind of on either real side of the radar i okay. enjoyed the movie but also didn't it didn't completely blow my mind. Although for what it's worth, I was expecting a lot more cringe and a lot more like, yes, the power of friendship. I was expecting more of that. Like I was expecting a lot more cringe and it wasn't. So for, for what that's worth, um, I, I want to talk about maybe, well, should we talk about the soundtrack or the animation first? I mean, yeah. we were talking a little bit about the soundtrack, but we can jump into animation because that's, that's, I think, something that's going to make or break 
a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, we were texting about it uh, yesterday. That and Jimmy, this this has been a conversation that we've had before. Where like I don't like three D in in anime. Like I don't think right. they found a way to make it look seamless. The closest I think I've seen it done seamlessly mm -hmm. is in Demon Slayer, where I think they do the three D in a in a way that it feels natural and that it doesn't it, it doesn't take me out. That's why I didn't adore uh, something like B stars or something like. Uh, uh, Tiger and Bunny, where like I tried to get into it, but the animation just I can't. And then in this one, they pull. You're gonna like this. They pull a Code Lyoko, where like they change the animation style when they're like in the real world and in the virtual world, and that works. You know that that kind of makes that helps you. You know differentiate. Okay, where are we now? Where are we then? Um, the animation I think works. Hosoda for when he does 2D has a very simple style, like to the point where like almost all of his male and female characters from every movie kind of look the same. Yeah. Like uh, all his male characters always have like that look with like the, 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 the fluffy hair and like the deep angry eyes and like all the girls really have short hair and like they're like, they're very tall and lanky and like this is what his characters look like. Um, and I like it because usually the, that, that leads to a lot of very fun, large animation uh, even though for characters that are human. But when you go to this digital world, um, it looks exactly like the digital world in Summer Wars. Um, I don't think it kind of like does something to look uh, kind of different, uh, except for one scene where, you know, we'll talk about that when we talk a, a, a little bit about the ending. But overall, I think the animation is is nice. Um, the This is weird to say, but like, if the whole movie was just them in 2D uh, and just and the movie was just a coming of age story, I think I would like it like a lot more because <laughs> to me, that really? was way more fun and more interesting than, uh, oh, she's a famous singer. Oh, she has a million hits in that, in that day. Oh, and she's fame. I've seen this like a million times. I don't really? care about it. I yeah, haven't. I did. Where? Oh, that, in like, I don't know, ever since iCarly was a thing, like yeah, I am radio sick, rebel. I am sick of the storyline of like of, of like, oh no, I'm a young girl, I'm a young person, and accidentally I went viral. Like I, I don't care about this story anymore. What's that what's that really terrible film that came out? Something in the gemstones? Gem and the holograms. Thank you. you Gem and the holograms. Film. Thank you. That one. Yeah. That's the yeah. only one I can think of where it's like, oh no, I'm famous now. Like I've I can't seen think of like that one. secret famous. I mean, yeah. it's kind of cool that she's secret famous. That that I think is kind of cool, and they don't dwell on it. It's not like Hannah Montana or anything. Uh, but I don't. I I like the coming of age aspect much more. Like I like the whole thing with the parents. I like uh, the 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 friendship with the friend, the friend with the glasses. She, she's she's just like Futaba from Persona Five. She's fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, I and I like. Is, is she the one that's voiced by uh, Hunter from Euphoria? No, that's uh, that's Ruka, who's oh, the popular that's girl. Ruka. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that too. Um, yeah, uh, so I like that that storyline with the with the friend. Like she could have been a bitchy popular girl, but no, she's actually really nice, and they, they get along. And then and then she has this boy that she likes, which is young, and and then and she kind of still likes him, and she thinks that she likes him, but she doesn't. She likes the other weird guy with the canoe, and then oh, we'll talk about that confession scene because I'm I am in awe of that scene. But 
every part about the real life, about the coming of age, I adored. Mm-hmm. And everything else was just a meh, in my opinion. How did you feel? Uh, did anyone else get a gut punch when you saw the, the short, like, one or two minute story of how, like, her close her and her mom were? How her mom started the music and then her mom can, like... Yeah. 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 I've, they... I've seen a lot of mom deaths in movies. That what movies are you watching, time. man? <laughs> I've seen what movies are you movies. watching? <laughs> yeah, you don't have to go far. You can just stick to Disney. They're there. <laughs> Yeah, oh, you know I, what? See, I don't, I don't trust the Evil Empire. I never watch them. Yeah, well, actually, um, I think that in, in particular is why the the idol plot works for me, um, because you have this character who who we we get to see her childhood, right? The way she was uh, raised and and her passion for music that she had since she was very little. Um, and and then you see this alternative story where her mother never dies and she grows up to become a musician like her, right? And yeah. and leaves and uh, goes into this life uh, naturally instead of through the internet. Uh, but that is all stopped when her mom dies, and then she's left with this. Um, she's left wondering, and and this phrase really hit me in the movie, like. Uh, why did she put the life of a stranger before her life with me? Uh, and then it is this new fame that, that she has gathered and her, her status in the online world that eventually puts her in a similar position to her mom. And this time she's not exactly risking her life, but she's risking her livelihood um, and throwing, deciding to throw it away, um, to throw it all away for, for a stranger, essentially. And, and that brings it full circle. She finally understands her mother and, and in a way forgives her because it, it was anger at her mother that, that she felt for abandoning her. Um, and, and it finally gives her that closure. And I think that arc is really powerful. That's, uh, for me, that's the central theme in the movie and, and all the, the uh, slice of life stuff that happens. It's just kind of complementary to that. Uh, but I, I think it's really powerful how it can basically pull these three stories together, right? A story about grief, a story about growing up with your friends, and and a story, uh, a mystery, you know, about a, the the dragon figure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, go ahead. Come on, you first. I was gonna. I was no, gonna no, you I haven't was talked gonna... at all. I'm sorry. No, no, you're gonna. No, I, I was gonna crack a joke actually. Go. <laughs> Um, when when she's first singing the this song, uh, not the opening bit. The o- the opening song is great. It's it's pretty good. I like it. It was you know, uppity, but when she's first in the digital world, first singing for the first time, everyone's like, "Who's that?" I texted Chema in the movie theater. Uh, my movie theater was empty for the record, by the way. I don't text. Sure, yeah. I, I don't text. You know, again, I went. It was almost ten o'clock to this anime movie, this dub movie. I texted Chema. Elsa can cake Susu's ass. King. Elsa can kiss Suzu's ass. And I still firmly believe that. The music in this in this one, I don't know if the if the director wrote the songs himself or he, he hired someone. He did, even in the yeah. even in the English dub. I don't know if he worked in the English dub, but he wrote the songs, yeah. Because oh. originally he planned this to be a musical, like he wanted Bell to be a musical. Whoever but... produced the English songs is a god, frankly. Well, I- but I they thought put the whole pussy in it. 
Hey, that's not shots fired. I'm just saying. That's not shots fired. No, 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 no. No, this is kind of like Beauty and the Beast meets Ready Player One. So, like, it 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 does make sense for it to be a musical. From what I understand, Hosoda said that he didn't end up making it a musical because it's not very popular in Japan. Like, that's not like a traditional thing that usually happens. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I'll just put music in it, like where I can, but it's not, it's not gonna be a musical. Um yeah, the music was gorgeous. Uh, the music was beautiful for what it's worth. It is, uh, especially at the end. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about about that when we get to that. Let's talk a little bit about the characters. You know, what did we think about uh about uh Susu? What did we think about uh, her parents, uh, her friends, like the people in her class? Those uh, I, I really like the, the 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 older women that were in the in the singing group with her. They they, they were nice. They, they, they were like your cool aunts that you know have a day drink every once in a while. Uh, and of course, we have a lot of like the digital people, but like. I think this cast is really nice. Not as memorable as like the family in Summer Wars, but uh, definitely close, I think. Yeah, and, and I, I do think uh, the way they are introduced is very effective because um, they are shown in a way that makes you like sort of form quick judgments about them, right? Pretty much essentially like you would if, if you were meeting these people at a school, uh, particularly the students, I mean. Um, which is something you've mentioned before that you really enjoy about Persona 5. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that the way you're first introduced to character is not exactly the way that they are. And it's like you yeah. mentioned, uh, with Rook in particular, uh, it's kind of built up to, uh, is, is this like an evil, bitchy, popular girl? Like, is she the one that started the rumor that Susie was going out with the, with the top guy at school? Yeah, um, yeah and, and it even has a fake out because she wants to talk to Susu and whatnot. And then um you you get that entire little love story that she has with the other guy in the movie that's just adorable yeah. uh and and Kamoshin too because Kamoshin gets introduced as sort of like the class count a class clown and no one really pays attention to him and then you find out that he's sort of friends with Susu later on yeah what was his sin he just liked canoeing like what <laughs> what was so what was so nerdy about that Canoes are cool, man. Yeah, yeah. The way people were looking at him at school, like he was some sort of demon. It's <laughs> just like, man, I would join his club. Yeah, that seemed fun. If the, if there was a river here, I would canoe. Like that seems fun. I did it when I, I did it once when I when I was in Austin and I had a fucking blast. So, but no, what a fuck! What, what a bunch of judgmental little fucks those kids were. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The rest of the school, Ruka was a saint uh, in these yeah. guys, but the rest of the school was uh, pretty <laughs> terrible, like most high schools. Yeah, but that's that's the high school. Go ahead, dude. No, I was gonna say, did anyone else? Um, did anyone else fall, kind of find that as a as a red herring? When I'm sorry, canoe canoe guy. What's his name again? One more time. Kamoshin? Uh, Kamoshin, yeah. Did yeah. anyone think that that was a red herring when Kamoshi was uh, turned out to not be the dragon? I was so sure. I was like, it's him. Because yeah. her, her crush is too fucking obvious. The real thing would be if he's going through pain. Because typically, the people that are like the happiest, the smiliest, you know, they're the ones that yeah. are going through the most, you know, emotional state. Or you know, t- typically sometimes. I, I did feel that a lot through the movie. Like I, I was certain at one point that, well, when I saw the trailers, I thought, oh, it's for sure gonna be the the crush, you know, the high school, mm-hmm. the the child childhood friend. 
But then watching the movie, I was like, no, you're right. That's too obvious. It's going to be the canoe guy. He's probably like struggling inside. He probably has some kind of uh, illness or something that like he's got some shit to work through. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I feel you. That thought never crossed my mind. (laughs) Really? Like never, like not even once. It's called reading between the lines, Chemar. If you see movies a little more often, maybe you'll notice. And I think there's a lot of, of reading between the lines in this movie and a lot of little red herrings or, or signals that you can get about it. Red herrings and Chekhov's guns. and Oh, yeah. Um, they, it has like everything. It has Maltese Falcons and, <laughs> um, and, and MacGuffins and, and Gagus. Is, is it just me or um, maybe I'm not around the internet enough? Knock on wood. Um, wasn't there a lot of bullshit with like the people who kept commenting like on, on things? Like every time something would happen, you hear voices of people being like, Oh, that's so fake. Oh, you know this, oh, this, whatever. Like, is that shit real? Because I've never actually seen like that toxic part of the internet. Uh yeah, that was actually too real. Like, and and actually, if you go into any YouTube comment section uh of anyone sufficiently famous, you will find that. Uh, and, and it happens a lot on TikTok and websites like that. I, I actually felt that it was very true to life from the movie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, because Eddie, Eddie and I talked about it when we reviewed Scream, like the new one, because like, I, I don't know if you've seen it, Jimmy, but uh, there's a lot of, like a big topic around is like toxic uh, fandoms in film. Like it is, it is mentioned, like, it is referenced like hardcore in the plot. And Eddie was like, does this happen? I'm like, dude, does it happen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. And, and we are contributing to that discourse every every Saturday morning. <laughs> and God. well, actually, uh, yeah. that has a lot to do with the main thesis of the movie. Um, because e- even though beat for beat, it's essentially the same story. Uh, the thesis of uh, Summer Wars is that, um, well, both of them are that the internet can bring people together positively, right? Uh, and it's easy to look away from the rest of, of what the film is saying because you're left with this message of wholesomeness. But in Summer Wars, it's mostly about the dangers of ultra centralization in the internet because uh, it creates this social network, right? More, more, more uh, a lot like you. That is essentially like a super Facebook and everything is controlled through us. So when us starts going to shit, everything starts breaking and people start dying because of it. So that movie is about like, hey, the Internet is good and it's great that we can all be together. But if if you depend on it too much and it breaks, if, if you put too much responsibility on one entity, I, it could very well destroy the world. Everything will fall apart. And then in this movie, it's more about the people than the corporations. Uh, and, and this movie really is mostly about like how you never know what's going on on the internet or, or who is at the other side of the screen and what they are going through. And I think the scene where that is most apparent is um, when they finally figure out who the dragon is and they are looking at this child's stream, right? Uh, where they are being abused online uh, publicly for all to see, even though they don't have a lot of viewers. Uh, but the, the brother looks at them and he's like, you're just bothering us like everyone else, right? Like it happens to him very often that because his brother is obsessed with streaming, like a lot of little kids are nowadays, 
the the trauma their families going through has been exposed to people who have been engaging with it for entertainment and and we do see some commenters like pop in and be like look at these losers they are getting yelled at on screen uh this guy thinks he has fans he no one's even watching him uh, uh so that's what the movie wants to talk about right yeah and there's there's uh it's a little bit of commentary on how you know you you mentioned directly um, the internet can't be for good, which is what they end up doing. They see these kids being abused and they immediately go like, okay, how can we help? What can we do? They immediately track them down and they immediately find a way to help them. Um, I got a message from a friend of ours like uh, this morning who uh, I mentioned the movie and she was asking me like, oh, is it good? Like, can I bring my family to watch it? And I was like, no, yeah, it's good, but uh, definitely. But like the end, it's like, that like domestic abuse scene was like you kind of forget how realistic and like strong it can feel just because it's animated you kind of feel like it's a little bit safe but no that felt that felt heavy yeah and uh it got like a little bit complicated to like to, to be like i mean sure yeah take your take your take your family but like be aware that this 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 thing happens like kind of like a trigger warning because um, yeah. it was heavy. Like when I watched it in theaters, I was also kind of alone. Like I was the only one for like a bit. And then uh, this mom and this kid came in and we were like the only people in the theater. And I was like, like that's not going to be interesting. That's going to be an interesting car ride home. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I, I, Jimmy, so during that scene, after he starts yelling at his sons and his sons protecting, you know, one is protecting the other. I texted Chema. Um, yeah. What did I say? That's going to be a lot too. <laughs> the about that. I needed someone to talk about. Okay. I needed someone to talk about that. And they, they didn't want to go watch the movie. I put down <clears throat> that dad needs to be taken to a shed and beat with a two by four until it's whittled down to a fucking toothpick. Because, yeah, like it makes sense that. I, and I remember at some point earlier in the movie, uh, there was a, a father. It, this is my fuck up. I thought, and I guess this goes to how you said that like a lot of the characters are drawn like to be very similar to each other. I, when I saw the father, because you saw him in a clip earlier, I thought the older kid was the one that she had a crush on, the mm. the bad boy, oh, yeah. the one that's like, oh, you know, this year, whatever. And I thought the other kid was maybe the canoe guy, but when they were younger, yeah, and I was oh. like, did they lose their mother too? Like at some point, I guess they have similar traumas. Yeah, I did think they were siblings. Uh, yeah, I, I had the same confusion for a minute. Yeah, parentheses. But- What's so bad, boy, about this guy? He just we just see him playing basketball. Uh, well, he always he, looks mad. He's like, Vegeta. yeah, that, that's his thing. This, this movie, and he he gets a little physical with her. You know, he's very touchy and and very like pushes you against the wall kind of deal. But he's not actually a bad boy. He's just rough. <laughs> Because it just reminded me of that scene from Boy and the Beast when he's with the girl and they, they look exactly like these characters and he like pushes her against the, 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 the thing and he's like, oh, I'm dangerous. And she like slaps him and then he's like, oh, and then she like hugs him and we're like, oh, are uh, we like that? I guess I was. I, I, was haven't, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's going to make you horny. Oh, <laughs> can we not? <laughs> It's gonna oh. make you horny, baby. I, I, speaking of, I thought you were horny about this one. You said I, you were. 
Oh, we'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't. I was so I was a little confused when the two boys came in, and that's when it hit me like, oh, that's right, Hosoda does this. Like this is third acting where like he kind of introduces like something coming out of nowhere, and like kind of like hits it into the story. And I enjoy that. This I think was both the most realistic and the most like fantastic out of all of them. And he's had some fantastical ones um, because that really came out of nowhere. Like, I think the fact that the, bo- the, uh, a random boy that we don't know being the titular beast, that, okay. That, that's a cool twist. Uh, they, um, they show up in some bits through the movie. Yeah. Like in like, yeah, like they're, they're there, but I didn't, I could not predict who the beast was. Yeah. Uh, like my my intuition told me like, oh, it's the it's the childhood crush. It's the crush. But like, yeah. But part of me didn't want didn't want to believe that. I was like, no, nah, that's too obvious. At one uh, point, I thought, is it Ruka? Is it- <laughs> oh shit! You thought the the friend too? Oh, oh yeah, you mean the I, I was so confused. No, about the, it. the popular friend. The popular, yeah. popular friend. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I was so confused the whole time that, that I, I was grasping at straws at one point. I was like, well, it has to be one of the characters we've seen so far, right? But then yeah. it turns out to be a character that we barely like saw in passing at one point. Yeah. yeah. Something that was kind of funny, and the, the, the commenters in Letterboxd had a field day with this, was uh, when he finally finds the boy, the, 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 the two boys, and she's with them, and it's raining, and she protects them, and the dad go, goes away. Um, they hug, and the boy who is the, who's the dragon, he goes, he tells her, like, I love you, and then she just goes, oh, thanks. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I, I thought that was cringe, too, actually. I agree it, with you there. <laughs> no, it wasn't, like, cringe, but it was, I mean, it makes sense. He's a kid, and she's, like, about to graduate high school, so, like, yeah makes sense jimmy you had a very interesting theory that you told me the other day where you think the the two boys dad you think that he's like the security guard in the in the virtual world i do i i did feel like that a lot uh particularly because of of uh the very few scenes he's in um there's a, a clip in the middle of the movie when they're looking for suspects for the beast um and there's a clip where he's with the two kids and he he's talking about how their mother died. And he says like, yeah, she passed away about a, a year and some time ago. The, the kids don't really remember her that much, but they are really happy that we're doing great. The kids are really happy and that's what matters. Um, and, and I thought that was a sketch from that point, right? Uh, especially because the kids in that clip look uncomfortable, like they don't want to talk. Uh, and then... Further down the line, uh, there's the scene where, where uh, he goes at, and he actually starts yelling at the kids. And, and we see that um, maybe the, the wounds on the dragon's back are not exactly physical, uh, but the trauma he's feeling really is. Yeah. Um, and in that scene, the, the dad comes in to yell at them because they are interrupting his work and they are not letting him work. Uh, but then when we cut to him in his office, he's not really doing anything. He's just standing around and he gets this random clip sent to him of his children, uh, streaming that when there were only two viewers in there. So it's like he had someone monitoring them. Uh, and during that time that that's happening, we're also losing sight of Justin in you. Uh, so they are never actually acting at the same time. Um, and then eventually we have the confrontation with Belle, 
where he's just looking at this stranger who is like trying to take his children away from him, right? And he's yelling at her. And, and sure, part of it could be just the fact that he's being confronted about his attitude publicly, which was something that he was only doing with his kids before. Um, but he scratches her face and, and the blood that comes out near her eyes ends up making a marking similar uh, to the one Belle has underneath her freckles. Uh, so it's when this happens and he's staring at her and yeah, he's realizing that he just hurt someone who wasn't his children, but the way he, he's looking at this visage that we have, that we as viewers know and understand that she finally looks kind of like her avatar, that he backs away, uh, which I interpret as like, oh, he could feel oppressed by the same person, both in, in uh, you and the real world at this point, which is what's causing this, because he really didn't have any other reason to to scurry off like he did. Um, So yeah, I feel like it's mostly that, uh, that the way his beats work and also the the way he was fronting an attitude of justice, you know, and positivity with his children, uh, which is basically all we know about Justin. Uh, And that Justin's role in, in you is a job. Like he has a sponsors. That's what he does. Uh, he moderates. I forgot. I remember that made me laugh when he had the, the the beam, the the stupid uh, sponsor sponsor oh, yeah. beam. Oh my god, I forgot about that. I, you know, I I thought it maybe Justin is the father, but I had no like mental evidence. I was just like, that fits his personality. That might be him. Jimmy, you just made a goddamn compelling case on that. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, I watched it. No, actually, no. And and I think part of that was that a a lot in this movie is kind of left to the imagination uh, because we also have another tiny scene uh, where Belle kind of has a rival that's not really mentioned through through the movie. But it's basically the the girl that inspired her uh, to start singing in you. Uh, When she went to karaoke and she realized that people can go online and, and sing anonymously like this other idol. And, and through the movie, she, she has some appearances and she has an interview where she's talking about how she feels like Belle is cheating uh, because she, she obviously has like producers behind her or something like that. She, she has this feeling that she's kind of like a manufactured star. And then you have that scene at the end where Belle gets revealed and, and the, this other girl's looking at her and she says like, oh, she's a high school girl just like me. Uh, meaning that, that she was also just like, uh, a random girl. She she also didn't have a production team behind her, and that's why she was so mad, because uh, because she thought that they were kind of spoofing her livelihood, you know, like uh, with someone who actually had money to do so. Uh, and and we could we can left be left to wonder, like, oh, actually, did we maybe know her? Like, was she one of the classmates? Does does she realize who Susu is? Or or maybe even like, oh, is that the girl? the mother saved because we're also we also never know what happens uh with that right which is also kind of what makes susu feel so much pain because that girl remained a stranger uh but we as viewers we we can wonder and we can make all these theories and whatnot i feel like if those two boys lived relatively close i feel like yeah everyone's connected everyone's a suspect everyone can be can be involved her name was peggy sue that was the name of the of the, of the rival singer, uh, who's voiced by Christina V, who's a legendary, legendary voice actress. Um, 
and I wanted to transition that into like the the voice cast, which you know, I, I like I said, I I watched it in in, in Spanish, so no comment on that. But I'm surprised that there's some big names in the in the English dub, um, uh, particularly for example, uh, uh, Shinobu, who's the who's the childhood friend. He's played by Manny Jacinto, who's uh, who's in the Good Place. He's he's Jason from the Good yeah. Place. And uh, which is weird because to me, he's like a, a, a dumbass. And then in this one, he's like, you know, brooding, serious character. When like I hear his voice and all I think is, yeah, homie. And uh, and then uh, we mentioned Ruka was his voice by Hunter Schaefer, who's uh, killing it in Euphoria right now. And who uh, who I know, I barely discovered her because uh, on Halloween, she dressed as Maka from Soul Eater. So you know she she she, she she's uh, quirked up with the with the sexual style with the going with the sauce. Yeah, she's so, definitely so, so, busting it down sexual style. Yeah, so if she likes anime and she managed to bump into to get, to get into this, good for her, man. Uh, uh, good for her. Uh, everyone else is mostly like uh, new people or like well-known voice actors. But I, I I was shocked that like those two were there, and they're not like the main characters; they're like side characters. Um. Yeah, that that's that's like something that like attracted me, Eddie. Uh, I'm trying to like. No, yeah. you're good. No, you're good. No, look, look at like this, man. This is like a DC movie where like I can oh, yeah. I can go and not shut the fuck up. Like like yeah. I, I I got so much to say. Don't worry about this. And the fact that it's like my thoughts are kind of few and far between. It's not a bad thing. It's more like I have very precise like notes on the film. So don't worry. I'm not prepared right. to ramble on about like uh, the characters or the actors. Like I, like right. I don't know these people. Like this is I'm stepping into your world right now, not the other way around. Yeah. So no, no, no dude, don't worry about it. Yeah, Chima, okay. you're you're the one who needs to take us down this trip because all I can say about the voices was that um, I felt like uh, Kamoshin's voice in English was very fitting. Uh, right. Yeah, he he sounded like he looks. Uh, and then I saw that scene you sent me, uh, the confession yeah. scene in Japanese. And let's and talk about that scene. Yeah, his voice is way too deep. Yeah. Okay. I need to talk about two scenes in particular in, in this movie. The first one is that one. Mm. I have a, so I, I I use Letterbox as as both of you know. I I I'm a religious user of Letterbox. I log everything. I watch in there. And I have a, a list of movies that, that I have in there. And they're like, I list off specific scenes in movies that have just stay with me for like the rest of time. I have two for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is the confession scene. Uh, I, 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 I told you all that like the coming of age aspect of this movie to me is, is when the movie is, is, is at its peak. And that to me is like the highest of the, of the, of the peaks. It's a, uh, that scene where you know uh, Ruka and Susu just came back from like from talking, and they, they just kind of had like this girl talk about boys and her feelings and all that. And Ruka, who's very popular, tells her like, "Oh, I have a crush on 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 this boy Kamoshin, who's like the weirdo, but like, oh, I like him, and you know, high high school shit and stuff." Um, and they're they're walking by this train station where, which you know, we've seen the characters kind of go in and out a lot of times. And we have this fantastic scene where, like, the whole time it's just one shot, and it's just them standing in the in the bus station, and they see Kamashin is there. He's wearing Crocs, by the way, which animated Crocs never seem to amaze me. And uh, she kind of has this. Uh, I think, uh, if I'm not wrong, Ruka mentions to Susu that she already confessed to him. 
or like that the feelings were out or like they, 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 they've talked about it. Oh, no, uh, no, no, no. They don't? Okay, no. Okay, no. Okay, then I'm confusing it with something else. Okay, so we have this scene where like the two of them kind of walk in and they see Kamashi there. She told, uh, she told Susu that she has feelings for him. And then we have seen this side of Kamashi before where like he kind of gets along with, uh, with, with Susu. Like they're, they're, if they're not friends, they're at least acquainted. And we have this this scene where like she's kind of walking, she sees uh, a Kamashi walking back with the with the canoe. It kind of mirrors that scene from the girl who leapt through time, where like they're they're, they're in the bike. It's kind of similar. And she goes uh, and she goes like, "Oh, I'll be rooting for you." And he goes, "Ah, do you have a crush on me?" Ah. And like you know, it's you can tell that that's how he engages. Like that's that's how he approaches things. So when Ruka tells him the same thing, like, "Oh, I'll be rooting for you in the ter- race in the tournament." And he kind of goes up to like say the same thing, but you can tell that he's nervous. So there's like an established thing that maybe he has feelings for her. Maybe it's because she's so popular, but he jumps into that immediately. Like, oh, you're rooting for me. Does that mean you have a crush on me? And then she just kind of like looks down and it's quiet. And and then he kind of, he's like, what's happening? And then Susu like kind of like, yeah, bro. Like, bro. like catch up. <laughs> and... And we have this beautiful scene where he like turns all red, leaves the room, and Susu like has to go and get him and like come back. And then he like tries to talk and then he goes out again. Oh my God, that whole time, that whole scene was worth the price of admission. Like I could watch that scene for hours. I put it on my Instagram this morning. I saw that for you. I was like, I was like, head empty, no thoughts, just this scene. Like that was all that, that, that was in my head. And I adored it. I adore the fuck out of that scene. And uh, so to me, like that, that's the highlight of the coming of age part. Like that confession felt so natural, so sweet, so innocent, so romantic. And I ended up really liking it. Why are you nodding your big ass head? (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay. Look, 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 this was a few times I've got something to say about the scene. Okay, uh, I'm not gonna hate on it. It's just like okay. I can't, I can't watch cringy scenes like that. I, I can't. <laughs> it was so, mega cringe. Not, like, okay, look, look, look. There's an episode. Can can I compare? It's, it's by no yes. means the exact same yeah. thing. I just want to make a quick comparison. Please look, do. There's, there's an episode of Ed, Ed and Eddie. I think it's a Valentine's Day episode. Oh shit! <laughs> look at Chela. <laughs> Where like all the boys are crushing over Naz, and like as a child, even to this fucking day i've never actually seen the episode from beginning to end in one shot because of how cringy it all is because they're all crushing and falling over falling over their feet for her i can't watch scenes like that's so when you tell me that's your favorite scene i'm like i understand but no <laughs> see to me that scene was not cringy to me that was kind of sweet and 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 it reminded me of like innocence and like come and like coming of age and like that is more accurate to how confessions worked in high school. Like they they were awkward, they were cringy. Yeah. They were not they were not dazzling and super like uh, productive. They were they were well. very. That's why they okay okay. We weren't all pussy slayers like you in high school, Jimmy. Yeah, okay? I was not pussy slayer. I was just saying you clearly never saw someone with a cartolina. <laughs> oh, I did. I, I I saw enough cartolinas back in my day. Okay, so. The fact that the Hosoda decided to shoot that as like one unbroken scene to really let us feel the atmosphere and the quiet, the fact that he cut the music and he was like, just let these kids be kids, man. 
Ah, uh, I love that. Like and, that's my shit. You know, I, I get it, great. but it is cringe, and that's why it works. <laughs> Look, <laughs> that's why it's so beautiful because he lets them be cringe for a minute. If there was ever a scene in this movie that was cringy, it was that. And I don't mean that in a mean way, but like for real, for real. <laughs> uh, I actually there was a scene that wasn't my cup of tea. Okay. Um, it was the the one scene that kind of took me out of the movie, and it was actually a, just a little bit before then. Uh, it was the previous major scene. Um, it's when uh, suddenly Susu wakes up one day, and her classroom chat is exploding, and she thinks like, "Fuck, they found out that I'm Belle, right?" Uh, but no, she logs in and at all the, the ads that she's been getting is because everyone thinks that she's going out uh, with her crush, who is the most popular guy in school. And, yeah. and everyone thinks she's a whore because of it. Um, so why? Because just high school girls are like that, man. That's how high school is, man. <laughs> yeah, that, man, that's look. not my complaint about it. My complaint about it is what follows is we get a montage well, first off, there was something that I liked. We get a, a shot of Susu's phone and as she's scrolling to it. And she actually has a number of games installed on it, like little gacha games. Uh, so Susu is a gamer girl and, and a mobile gamer girl at that. <laughs> uh, she's, she's probably to Genshin Impact for all we know. Um, she probably is. <laughs> then it jumps into this game that's uh, sort of like uh, a Fire Emblem Tactics type, type oh, of Oh, yes. Thing. I love that scene. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I actually, I mean, I appreciated it for what it was, but I feel like it kind of took me out of the beat of the movie. I didn't really love it. Okay. I feel like mostly American audiences are, are going to be like, what the fuck is happening right here? <laughs> yeah. But I, I appreciate for, for what it was. I think that was Hosoda being kind of like, not experimental, but like, it not was everything is in some ways. Not everything is gonna hit here the same way that it hits over there. Yeah, like, like I'm sure there were, there, there was like audience members in Japan that, that were like, "This is fucking fantastic." Oh, like, oh no, I, I was the audience member that that was made for. <laughs> if anyone in America is gonna appreciate it, it was me because I'm telling you that the the frame right before where she shows that she plays those fancy games on her phone, yeah. um, that was gold to me. But then when it actually starts happening, I'm, I'm like, uh, okay, I mean, I like this independently for what it is, but I feel like it's breaking the flow of the movie a little bit. Okay. All I right. mean, yeah. I, I'm not against the slice, the, the, the slice of life stuff. It's just on a personal level, like, ah, but <laughs> you do you. You weren't, a, you weren't a cringy high school kid, like, ever? No, Come I would look, look, look. I was either too fucking awkward to ask a girl out, or I shot my one shot once, and we're married. There is well, no in between, Chema. There is no. A, you are a fucking statistic. That is what you are. He's relationships, George. Uh, he's, he's what? Relationships, George. You know, was, the, was George the outlier, like that. That old post that was like. Uh, the fact that every American eats four spiders a year, it's wrong. There's a guy named Spiders George who eats four billion spiders a year. So, <laughs> so they all average out to four. Yeah. So that way you all don't have to. So yeah, about, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I make this joke to, to Nikki every so often. I'm undefeated. You I've, are. Dated, I've dated one person and I won. Yeah, in <laughs> some senses, you had the perfect run. Exactly. <laughs> she did it. She did it. Two guys before me. They were both pieces of shit. I'm oh, undefeated. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even within the relationship, you're the one who was. That's what I tell her all the time. I tell her, aren't you lucky? I'm kidding. I'm, <laughs> my head is not that far up my ass. I'm kidding. My head is not that far up my ass. I swear oh, God. God. Okay, so, oh, we just, so Chema, what was the other scene that you really liked? Oh, the other scene I really liked is, uh, so at the end, we have this scene where like she goes into the virtual world and she wants to get the attention of these two boys. And she does this by unmasking herself to, uh, to you, to the virtual world. And she's going to sing again. And she's going to sing to everyone like right at the center. And that scene, if it was done in like an American movie, it would last like, 45 seconds and then we would and then we wouldn't feel anything but Hosoda knows how to frame a scene he knows how to let uh the the intensity build and he knows how to build um atmosphere that scene where she finishes singing and she's doing like that ah i can't sing but like that last like part and everyone is like singing it back and she sings it again and they sing it back. And that takes like, that's like three minutes, three like undisturbed minutes of just like them singing back to each other to the void. And I was, I was in fucking paradise with that scene. I mean, the, the music, the visuals, the, the intensity, the, the atmosphere, everything was just working for me. And then one of my favorite things in the world to balance this out, I love giant, you know, I, 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 lo I love really big atmospheric scenes. You know what else I like? Giant fucking monsters. So when she finishes singing and that giant whale pops out of the bottom and like lifts her up. Oh God. I was like, it, 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 it was almost as fun as when, when I was watching a, a malignant that we figured out the plot twist. Like it was like falling off a fucking, a fucking roller coaster. Like I was having a blast with that scene because I love giant intense scenes. I love giant monsters that you can really feel the weight in. So when we saw uh, that the, the giant whale kind of pop up and like lift her up, uh, I loved it. I adored it. Well done, Hosoda. Like uh, that, that was a good scene. Let me go into the little details about why this scene is uh, super amazing to me as well. Yeah. Um, so first off, uh, I feel like the reaction people have to her unmasking is incredibly realistic because uh she she goes up to justin and she's like shoot me fucking shoot me already you bastard um and he does so so uh she well uh you get to see susu in in the digital world now and initially people's reactions are uh, stuff like why the fuck is she doing that is she doing it for attention does she want to be the famous one now? Like, oh, it was better when, when she was hiding away. Like, who does she think she is? Like, just because she's famous, she can start singing. And, and I feel like these initial reactions of a skepticism are something that people tend to do when they are not sure if they can be candid. Uh, it's sort of like a self-defense mechanism, you know, the, to, to take the world with that kind of, uh, you know, sardonic sort of, sort of view on things. But then... Those same people later in the scene, after everyone is engaging with, with Susu and her singing and, and her, uh, the emotions that she's feeling at that moment, those same people who initially were uh, apprehensive and, and even irritable about it uh, are also joining in and singing. And pretty much the entire website is into it uh, because you break that barrier, right? Like uh, whenever you're presenting something to the public, 
uh, you are always sort of like fighting them. Uh, and this is a concept that they explore in a manga that I recommended to you before. It's called Shou Hashoten. Uh, but it, it's basically when you want to appeal to someone emotionally, there's always a barrier that you have to break. And once you break it, the same people who were against you at one point are going to be with you. Uh, so that's something that I really liked about that scene, how, how we get to see it. We get to see the toxicity evolve into empathy. Uh, that was fantastic to me. And then other than that, there's the visual cues in the scene uh, because this scene actually brings together both uh, our war game and Summer Wars. And it shows that Hosoda hasn't forgotten either of those movies or, or isn't trying to, to like replace them with this one, but rather just uh, that this is an evolution and a continuation of this story that he's been telling. Uh, because at the beginning, uh, when Bell appears after uh, being kind of like... Uh, this uh, away for a while, you know, because uh, after the whole thing happened with the dragon, she's been going incognito for a moment. Uh, when people notice her, they start to bunch up around her and they curiously make the shape of an egg. And, yeah. and that scene is taken straight from um, uh, our war game uh, when all Did the messages know? start flooding in and they transform uh, Gabumon and Agumon into Omnimon. All the messages form an egg around them. Uh, so, so that cues us into the transformation that is about to happen uh, with Belle's character. And th this time it's visual uh, because she, she gets shot and then she transforms back into Belle eventually. But it's mostly an emotional transformation, right? Uh, we're about to see Susu transition into being a public figure and also into self-realization uh, by achieving that closure with her mother. And then uh, a little bit later, like you mentioned, the whale breaks through. And the whale is also a motif in uh, Summer Wars, where you have uh, Yoko and John, who are the guardians um, of, of us. And also in the climax, they award uh, an special item to, uh, to the main girl, right? So they... Okay. Yeah, to, to Koi Koi. <laughs> so they also, in that movie, they also show up at, at this very crucial moment uh, to just signify sort of like a victory in a way. Uh, and that's the same way this, that the whale does it in this one. So you have those very two strong, very obvious uh, visual callbacks to the previous two films that I just adore. I think we could call our war game Summer Wars and Bell kind of like an, an unofficial trilogy? digital world trilogy, you know? You know how kind of like uh, Iñárritu has like his dead trilogy and his three movies that have nothing to do with each other or like yeah. you know, some directors do that. I, I feel like that is, I feel like maybe that's what he's trying to do. Unless he does like a fourth one and a fifth one and a sixth one and he just runs out of letters. <laughs> well, he just runs out of letters to refer to like digital worlds. I, I really feel be, because the, the beats are the exact same between our war games and summer wars, uh, that summer wars is essentially his, his version and his remake of the story he, he crafted for um, our war game. But this movie really does feel like it could have been a sequel uh, to summer wars. It, it could yeah. really exist in the, the same universe. Yeah. Kind of surprised it doesn't. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's a, that's a great analysis. Um, see, I was there mostly for the giant whale. Like, <laughs> but, I, but I'm all for rebirthing 
rebirthing scenery and motifs. Um, yeah, man. No, I adore that scene. Like to me, those are like the two scenes that stand out, both in like the virtual world and the real world. Because to me, one of the weakest aspects of this movie is there is kind of no reason for her to get obsessed with the beast. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of just shows up in one of her concerts and kind of ruins it and runs away. And now she really cares about him and like has like a whole like kind of romance scene. Like, yeah, I mean, she was interested in that, but like, it's kind of weird. Like why there's kind of no reason for that. Well, and then- I-, I think the implication is uh, that she did think that the beast was her childhood friend. Oh. Uh yeah, I, I think that's that's kind of like the sense we get at the very beginning because then she does form this obsession with figuring out who it is because she feels like she must know, like there must be a connection. Um, so I, I think there's a hope in her that that this beast is, um, well, someone she knows. Uh, but there's also this motive through the movie that the only people who support the beast are children. Uh because yeah. to them, the beast is sort of like a symbol of rebellion. And I guess for most adults, it kind of looks scary and whatnot. But but all the children kind of look up to him as something like he's so cool, right? Like he's the best uh, at the, the fighting minigame in the planet. Um, but but he's also sort of representative of, of uh, I guess, a, a, a some childish desires. Because uh, we also get this one clip of Tomo, uh, the, the little brother, saying, uh, the beast is my hero. And and at the end of the movie, we know that he meant it literally because his brother protects him from his dad. Uh, but all the other children in the world, they kind of just look at him as something interesting. And so I feel like uh, Belle's obsession with the beast is because she also has that sort of childlike wonder. And and uh, I guess curiosity for the figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. Give me a second. I'm trying to get back into this. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm. I feel like I needed to talk about the movie. In order to really process it because like why why i did like it there are some things that i felt like kind of were not to me either appealing or like i've seen them before or like they worked in their way but didn't like processed in a good way for me mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's because i had an expectation i don't know if it's because uh, like oh i think kosoda like is it's is fucking like amazing and well, I did like the movie. I think I like it more now, now that we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, out of all of his movies, I think it's still, yeah, I think it's like around there. Yeah, low tier. Um, it's, it's, it's lower tier her soda. I don't think it's like, this is not the correct way to see things, but like I, I see this movie and I, and I think, okay, someone who doesn't watch anime, will they like this? Mm-hmm. And... I don't think it's like the first thing that I would show them. Mm. Um, it wouldn't be the first Sosora film I would show them. I would show, I would show them Girl Who Left Through Time or even like Mirai or even Boy and the Beast, I think would be like a good, good starting movie. Uh, uh, Wolf Children too. Um, 
But I think that if you're a fan of Fasoda, I think there's there's a lot to like. There's a lot of horizons in there, mm-hmm. and uh, overall, I think it's a good movie. Like it's a it's it's a it's a it's good stuff. Like it's like I I will never say no to a Fasoda film. I am like a little scared that like because uh, like his last movie Mirai was great. It was nominated for the Oscars, but it didn't got a big audience. Like they just like. I think yeah. only Kosoda fans like went after it. I don't think this is going to have the same bows as that. I heard it did really well at Cannes, but I don't know. I'm scared. I'm scared that this movie will just like fade into obscurity. And, and, and that's what I'm scared when, uh, especially in animation, when, when it's someone I really like, mm-hmm. I want everything that they do to be like amazing so that they can cross over. And sadly, I don't think this is going to cross over. And that's uh, well, like, that's sadly, just like Eddie, uh, I went to yeah. see it actually uh, the week it came out. Not the day it came out. Uh, I think yeah. it was, um, I, I went to see it on a Monday. Yeah. Um, and the theater was four people total, including me. Yeah, so, mine yeah. was three, including Very me. discouraging. Yeah. I mean, but when did y'all go? Because I went on like a random ass Wednesday, uh, like the very last show of the day. Well, yeah, maybe. I, I also went to the last show. I went to the 931. Uh, so maybe that had to do with it. But I feel like, I mean, I, I go to the AMC all the time every day, and there's usually at least like seven people per room. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, then again, it's all usually bigger movies. So I, I don't know how well this did on release, but I, I'm glad it did well at Cannes. Um, yeah. I certainly hope people give it a chance. I do think it is a good movie to watch for your first anime movie, particularly okay. because of Eddie's reaction. Because uh, I feel like Eddie went in expecting something more shonen-y, something more cliche, and this movie is really not that. Uh, I was waiting it, for like a Kamehameha, a huge battle scene. Well, <laughs> it kind of is. It is about the power of love, uh, but it does it in a much more like uh, emotional way than, than most uh, shonen media uh, goes for it. It's like um, it's a it's a modern Beauty and the Beast, but it's better because it's about gamer boys and gamer girls. So. It's about VTubers, actually. It's about kayaking. And and actually, I just uh, I just watched uh, Summer Wars again a couple yeah. days ago, and and Summer Wars was also an extremely contemporary movie. I feel like Osoda was exploring a lot of uh, technologies that were out in in two thousand and eight when when they started developing. Uh, yeah. Pretty much all the characters have DSIs in that one. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was very throwback because I haven't seen yeah. a, a. I mean, even when I think about old shit, I think about the 3DS. The DSI is ancient, it's a fossil. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, everyone there has one. And that was new when that movie came out. It was like, holy shit, they have a DSI just like me. <laughs> uh, and then in this one, like I said, Suzu is kind of a gamer. They have uh, the the thingies they used to get into you, the, the neural scanners. Yeah. They are their own thing, but they actually come in the case of the AirPods Pro. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the exact same they thing. They look like AirPods, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like we thing. saw, it's like Eddie, Eddie and I reviewed Weathering with you and, and I told yeah. him, how, how weird is it to see like an animated film that people are wearing AirPods? Like that's, that's fucking yeah. weird. <laughs> and, and they also had the iPhones with the notch on them, the, the 12 onwards. Uh, and, and then the movie itself is about, I, I guess, the internet in a way that it, he imagines it's going to be. Because if you look at, um, at, Summer Wars Oz looks like a very cluttered 
kind of Facebook type deal. You know, it's all white. There's a lot of uh, minimalist designs, straight lines, flat colors. And this was barely when, when uh, Google was developing that design style, which is material design. Uh, and then in this movie, instead, the digital world is mostly dark, dark tones. Uh, it looks a little edgier than Oz does, a little less magical. And and I, I'm saying like Oz was visionary when Memorial was automated. We look back on it, it looks a little retro, but it actually didn't look like the internet looked by then. It, yeah. it looked the way it was going to look five years from now. So now I don't know if five years from now, the internet's going to look more like you does. Yeah. Um, in Bell, but I, I think that's uh, it's really interesting how current about technology those movies are. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting because when I was watching uh, Bell, I remember thinking like, I think the whole metaverse thing on Facebook is stupid. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about that like the morning that I that I that I watched that movie, I was like, yo, this whole metaverse thing is stupid. And then I was watching Bell, like, this is wonderful. Well, the thing is, it's because they are very different concepts. And that's something that I really appreciate about Memorial Hosoda. His vision of the internet has always been a vision where you can be someone else, right? Uh, Like all the avatars in in both Summer Wars and Bell represent sort of like your true self. You know, uh, in Bell, they're scanned. In Summer Wars, you make them. But people can be anything the fuck they want, right? Like uh, dragons and furries and, uh, I mean, King Kasma is a furry, let's be real. It's, uh, I prefer to see him more as a Digimon than as a furry, but, <laughs> you know, but sure. Well, uh, and anyways, the thing is, the metaverse is more about selling yourself and your identity. And that's why that feels oppressive, because it's like, why would I be online to be like, a 3D scan version of myself, you know, like they'll never catch me if if I join yeah. the metaverse. I'm gonna I'm gonna make my avatar look like Lupin the Third. Exactly. Yeah, but it's like in the world, real world, you're asked. <laughs> they'll never catch me. <laughs> to carry all your problems into the the internet, and and yeah. Mamoruko Soda's version of the internet is one where you can leave it all behind. Yeah, which is good for escapism and good yeah. for fiction. Man. Well, you- you guys just made me think about this movie a little more. I think my opinion improved, but I also just realized something. I think it would be... I think this is, this is uh, maybe the first anime movie I've seen in a very long time that I would think I would want to show kids. Does that make sense? And okay. I mean that the most complimentary way possible because yeah. there are a lot of positive lessons to be taken from this. Yeah. Um, the more we're talking about it, about um, you know, reacting to things, why you like stuff, uh, escapism... You know, dealing yeah. with trauma, uh, progressing forward, and dealing like with emotional uh, baggage yeah. and stuff. It's a the lot more, of grief dealing in the movie. Yeah, yeah. The, the the more I'm watching this, the more I'm thinking about it. The more it's like this movie should be shown to more people. Like yeah. I'm talking like shown like in schools, and, and I mean that in like a, like a good way. No, totally. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah, wow. and, and 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 like I told you, if you want to show it to like nephews or like uh, friends or like you know your friends' kids or something. If you show this and Summer Wars like back to back, and you do it in like a like I don't know like a nice morning with like I don't know apple slices and peanut butter, like you would have like as a kid, this would be like 
a Sunday that I would remember for like the rest of my life. Yeah. Really. And, and I also feel like you would cry forever. <laughs> uh, and, and I feel like you cry for very different things. Cause when I, I was watching uh, Summer Wars, I was also crying, but for very different reasons than I cried during Bell. Um, it's the, it's, it's, it's a pretend dating storyline, man. It always gets me. Cause like, <laughs> it always gets cause like, you. Cause like, cause like some tropes can happen in like movies and I'm like, God damn this fucking trope again but the, but when they do the oh we're, 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 we're gonna pretend to date but then we're gonna fall in love i'm like my god they're pretending and then they're gonna fall in love like, yeah but but that uh, shit always gets me man but going back to what eddie was saying and, and what yeah. you mentioned earlier like you had a friend who wanted to go see it with uh, her family right yeah uh this movie will lead to uncomfortable conversations. And, and yeah. I feel like the American psyche is always like, let's avoid uncomfortable conversations. You know, a lot of parents don't want to talk to their children about death or about abuse. And this movie is going to make you have to do both, you know? Because yeah. uh, that's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it is necessary because those difficult conversations are conversations everyone should have. And that's why Eddie's right. Like this movie should probably be shown in schools because it's going to get kids asking questions that will help them develop as people and and maybe it'll even teach you some internet etiquette as well yeah like not to be a furry oh um final thoughts on this movie i i think i kind of already blasted out of mine but like what do you what about you guys jim uh well i actually i think i like it a little more than than summer wars especially having watched summer wars just a couple days ago uh, it's always going to have a very special place in my heart. The Digimon movie is always going to have a very special place in my heart. Uh, but I feel like this one speaks to me more to who I am now. And, and I feel like that's uh, a huge accomplishment. Like I was talking about it being contemporary. It really feels like something I needed to hear in this day and age. Um, so it, it is really, it is a great movie. I love the music. It really Elsa. I love. I love Frozen. I don't like a lot of Disney movies. I really like Frozen, uh, but this girl is. I. I don't. Is is it Kylie McNeil? She was doing the singing. She was incredible. She was, she was doing the singing voice in English. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that was it for me. Would you score it? Uh, I would score it maybe. Yeah, I think this is my first nine out of ten. In, in nice. Movie. Yeah. Nice, that's nice. I um my final thoughts, like I mentioned before, I kind of I was a little bit underwhelmed, but the more that I think about it, and the more that we talked about it, and the more that we expressed that we we see a lot of the of the things that happen in the movie, and we and we discuss them. Um, I see this show as like the replacement for you, you you know that moment where like you leave a movie and you're, you're walking outside and you're talking with the person that you went to see the movie about the movie this to me is that yeah. but like an hour long and where we get to babble and we force people to listen to or you know we make them feel uncomfortable because they're like why have, why the fuck haven't you listened to my show like i i, I put a lot of hours yeah, into it like where you why the, the car <laughs> why aren't you listening to my show he you we're best friends and oh. so <laughs> so we have so we have like moments like that and to me like this helps this helps like cement how i feel about the movie so i like it more now what i think about it i don't know if i like it more than summer wars though i don't and sadly i think it's gonna live in that shadow but ask me again in 10 years i think this movie is going to age beautifully Probably. as 
as both a capsule of like how the internet looks at this time and how hopeful and wonderful it can be in the future. And the, the coming of age stuff, man, it, it, it doesn't age. To me, it's, it's still wonderful. And I'm going to keep, thank God whoever put the confession scene on YouTube because I'm going to return to watch that again over and over because I am in love with it. Um, I give it a good eight out of 10. I, I, I enjoyed it. I love Hosoda. Uh, like I said, I, I don't think there's bottom tier Hosoda, but I do. But if I had to rank them, this would probably be a little bit more, more in the bottom. But it's not because it's bad, it's because everything that he has done is that it's fucking good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that will be my, my final thoughts. Eddie? Uh, I think I started already when I said, like, you know, this is an important movie that should be actually be shown maybe in schools. Like, they confess a lot of dark things. Um, no, I, I went into this movie 100% blind, and I came out of it happy. I'm glad I saw it. Um, nothing really negative. The music blew my mind. Uh, the Now that you mentioned it, this does remind me a little bit of Code Lyoko, uh, switching between yeah. the 2D and the 3D. I'm like, oh, shit, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, honestly, nothing but nothing but positive things to say about this film. Uh, did it blow my mind? I, I'll be honest with you. I liked Weathering With You a lot more than this. Uh, that's you not a not. big... You are a big Weathering With You fan. Yeah, you were championing the movie, yeah. I, I actually really liked that one. Uh, so, no, uh, that said, um, no, solid movie. I Again, I want. I actually want to show it to my niece. I think she would love it. Um, oh, yeah, you mentioned your niece really to Demon Slayer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, huh, I need to show this to her. So I think I'm actually going to show, show her Bell when, uh, when I can download it, um, when I can get a, a VOD copy. Um, nice. But no, uh, I would give it probably a Bia. Uh, a B uh, for my score for my grade scale. Um, I like it. A B Good. for Bell. There we go. B for nah, Bell. B stands for Bell. Oh my God. I just caught that. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember like when you were texting me about the movie, you were like, oh, so this is beautiful. Like by the end of the movie, you were like, oh, it's Beauty and the Beast. I just got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was just, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's. That's the Bell review. That's the Mamoru Hosoda film. Tune in for when we come back in March and we do a four-hour episode on the Batman and it's only Eddie talking. So that's that's kind of oh, what it's going to look like. Great. But the complete opposite. Oh, <laughs> gentlemen, I'm going to rule that fucking review. I'll give y'all like moments to talk while I like spout all my shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You ready to wrap it up? Uh yeah, I think Jimmy, can you do you know how to Jimmy? do the outro? Uh I don't know how the outro goes, but thank you for having me. It's always a blast coming to the show. <laughs> thank you for coming. You're always welcome. So uh yeah, we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna wrap it up here. Uh thank you for joining us. If you'd like to hear more, more about our thoughts on movies, please check out our feeds. They're on iTunes, Spotify, uh, YouTube, they're everywhere. Eddie, you can see his face uh on our YouTubes, and you can listen to you, you can see like shorter term reviews in there that uh, are probably more concise and more uh, ordered because it's just him and it's not just me blabbing every thought that goes through my stupid head. Um, There's also a lot Jamie more cursing. Th- yeah, a lot more cursing. A lot, lot more cursing. Um, we are closing in on like the actual end of the year. We kind of gave a... But by the time we got to the 1st of February, 2020 is over. So that was the last day of 2020. We're moving into like the future. And uh, yeah, so we're closing in. This is the last. Uh, this is the last thing. Uh, I think the next thing we're gonna do is our top ten, Eddie, or are we do something else. Yes, 
Correct. Tune in next week for our top 10 movies of 2021, where we finally are going to lock away everything, leave it behind to make space for the trash that's coming in this, the year for Lord 2022. So famous people that we like stop dying. Famous people that we don't like get a groove on. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Signing off with a reminder to stream Laurel Hell by Mitski. Her new album comes out tomorrow. Or it will be out by the time this episode is out. Shout out to her. Goodbye. <laughs> Motherfucker.